The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Show about money each and every Saturday night. Hi-Fi Radio, we call it. We weave in some high fidelity. Just to make the topic of money a little more palatable, it is Saturday night after all, a little spring in our stride. Uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. It's a new month, and uh, conflict continues. Volatility uh, being felt in the marketplace. Uh, if it uh, falls on your foot and it hurts, it's probably going higher. I'm talking about base metals, I'm talking about crude oil, a barrel that is, not the actual gooey stuff. Um, All going higher. And the conflict uh, in the Ukraine, of course, is much to do with that. Uh, Inflation, of course, uh, rearing its head, we all know that. Toilet seats, my friends, toilet seats, anecdotal evidence. Um, Bought some toilet seats, uh, 80 bucks. Took a year to arrive, stuck on a boat, finally arrived. Uh, only uh, problem was I was short, so I needed two more toilet seats. Placed the order for two more. Uh, 40%, actually 50% price increase from 80 to 120 for a toilet seat. Uh, that's real inflation, my good friends. Uh, indeed. And of course, that's worked its way into the bond market. And uh, it affects so many Canadians, uh, first and foremost, uh, when it comes to home ownership. Uh, mortgage rates uh, have gone up. A lot of people with variable rate mortgages are looking to lock in. And uh, the rate differential is big. Uh, currently, variable rate mortgages average about 1.75%. A lot of people looking to lock in over 4%. Monthly payments increased by about 25%. Uh, Jack Hartle, of course, uh, here to join us as well. Jack, you picked up... Uh, a statement from Tony Dwyer this morning about the U.S. housing market. Please share that with the crowd, and then we're going to pivot over and uh, join uh, Mr. Frank Leo. Yeah, thanks, Wolf. Um, it's Tony Dwyer, who's going to be on our call later on, but um, he was talking about housing affordability, and really housing affordability comes down to uh, the price you pay for your house plus the, uh, the interest that it costs to service it. And as you said, rates are rising. Um, the Bank of Canada is expected to increase rates again, uh, 50 basis points. So a half a percent net just next week. Um, and based on that, so cost of home in the U.S. plus servicing the debt, uh, it's up about 38% year over year. So very dramatic and uh, difficult, especially if you've got that floating rate mortgage. Uh, Frank Leo the Lion is CEO uh, and founder, uh, go figure, of Frank Leo and Associates. Frank, a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, expert in the space, uh, a specialist. Uh, you've committed your life uh, to your passion of helping people uh, find find homes. Uh, please share with us, what's the mood on the street with new buyers who are now looking at financing? Um, are they shocked? Are they surprised? Uh, what uh, are they sharing with you about the experience of uh, the, the changing interest rate environment, Frank? Well, pleasure to be here, uh, Wolf. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yes, there's uh, obviously some trepidation with the buyers out there. Uh, but um, this is actually a little bit of an opportunity for the buyers. Uh, when you have a little bit of movement in the, in the interest rates and in, in the real estate market, there's some concerns of what's going on with Ukraine, the, the cost of living, et cetera. 
What we have sometimes people have stepped back. And so what we found is that the activity level has actually slowed down a little bit temporarily. I don't think it's going to be long term because the fundamentals are that we still don't have enough homes for the amount of buyers. But before the rates go up, buyers have an opportunity now to look at more homes, select the home that they want. And what we're seeing now, which is maybe a blip, is actually home inspections and making sure that the home is the one that they want and it's in good condition. So that's a really good uh, option for buyers right now to get into the market during this, uh, you know, window of opportunity, so to, so to speak. And uh, I think that'll be good for them if they move ahead. So Frank, the window of opportunity that you're referring to, uh, if I understand correctly, there's less buyers in an already tight market, but my sense is prices haven't adjusted yet. There's just less buyers, therefore less bidding perhaps on existing properties. What's happened is exactly, but I mean, what's happened is that a lot of uh, this, this um, you know, uncertainty has held, had buyers step back a bit, which means that some of the buyers are saying, look, I want to wait and see what happens. That means that there's not the craziness that was going on even just a month ago. That's not to say that the homes have gone down in price, but with less buyers, you can buy a home more calmly and maybe you know, save a few bucks as well. It's not being bid up because there's so many people bidding on it right now. So it's that window of opportunity where you're getting in, before the rates go up, because the rates are expected to go up, so you get a lower interest rate, so it's cheaper money. You're getting to select from homes and not just rushing in and buying the first home you see because you're afraid it's going to go. And this is a great opportunity. I laugh because when the market was really crazy and there wasn't as much inventory, and the inventory has technically doubled from the beginning of the year. So we have now doubled the inventory that we had mm. at the beginning of the year. It's still way too low, but it's much more than it was. And buyers said, if I had an opportunity not to have to bid and not to have to rush, I'd be happy to do that. Now that that's happened, a lot of them are saying, I want to wait and see if the prices go down. Well, there's the mistake. You know, it's, it's fascinating because it, the affordability uh, is, is a key component to real estate pricing. And uh, the price of real estate, as we all know, uh, has gone up hundreds of percent, multiples uh, to, to prices that, that were witnessed 25 years ago. And uh, affordability with falling interest rates remained very doable. In fact, it became highly affordable to buy homes that were up 200% because of low interest rates. Uh, but that, that, the, the, that that ship has has reached port, and 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 a new ship is about to uh, set set sail, and, and and that's the ship of rising interest rates. It's a completely different paradigm. Uh, Jack, um, where we are today in terms of the rate increases, uh, you spoke about the Bank of Canada perhaps raising interest rates uh, by. 50 basis points, friends at home, that means a half a percent. Normally, the Bank of Canada would raise by a quarter percent at a time unless they want to be aggressive in their move, and then they would actually double down and raise by a half a percent. So, Frank, so, so Jack, you, what you're seeing and the news that you're picking up is the Bank of Canada is looking to raise by a half a percent. But uh, how many more times are they going to raise rates this year? And, and, and gentlemen, what do you think would happen uh, by year's end um, to the five-year fixed rate, which I was quoted at about a week ago that was running at about four and a half, call it four and a quarter to four and a half percent. Would we expect more movement in that between now and year end? Jack, I'll start with you. Sure. Well, uh, the, the bond market right now is pricing, I'm going to say 200 basis points of increases this year, which again, that is 2%. Um, the, the real question is, well, how quickly they get there, 
right? Are they going to do it a quarter point at a time? Obviously, they don't have enough um, meetings to do it a quarter point at a time. So there's going to be half a point or half a percent rate increases in there. Do they do them all together or do they, you know, raise a half a percent, raise a quarter percent, see how things are going, and then maybe raise another half percent? So the real question from my perspective is how quickly, how quickly do they get there? Uh, and I do think by the end of the year, because uh, they're really going to put the brakes on the economy with raising interest rates and taking uh, accommodation out of the market. I think by the end of the year, assuming that, uh, um, you know, we're not in a recession, but uh, or in a hard landing, I'm going to think that people are going to be talking about the Federal Reserve and the Bank of Canada, when is going to be their next rate cut. So I believe that they're going to raise aggressively. Uh, they're going to take the fever out of the inflation that you're talking about, whether it's toilet seats or toilet paper or whatever, or what have you. Once they break that fever, they're going to want to lower interest rates to um, to stimulate the economy again. That's my belief. A uh, very interesting point. And yeah, I remember you showing me the chart from Fidelity. Uh, the bank, the, the Federal Reserve has what's called a dot plot. It's basically the market's expectation for interest rates on a go-forward basis. And yeah, according to that work, uh, rates are going to go up and then actually taper off and come down 12, 18 months into the future, uh, which would obviously be supportive of, of interest rates. Uh, but Frank, any, any word, like, well, what's your expectation for the five-year um, fixed mortgage rate uh, between now and the year end? Well, the as Jack was saying, I agree with 100% that uh, the rates are going to be going up. So anyone going into the market would have to pay a little bit more money for the money they borrow. Uh, that being said, I mean, based on the conversation, I mean, we need to stop in inflation. And, and that's, I think, their statement is, is to slow down the economy a little bit and make everybody feel a little bit better about it. The people who have a mortgage that have a five-year, even if it's variable, but it's locked in in the sense that they, they're guaranteed a rate for the next five years. If it changes up and then moves down in 18 months, it's really not going to affect them at all, right? So they're going to just keep paying their mortgage payments without any issues, but the economy will... Um, you know, have a softer, you know, landing in terms of the inflation uh, pressures that that are there. And I think that's a good thing for everyone. Uh, we speak with Frank Leo, the CEO, founder at Frank Leo and Associates, talking real estate, uh, interest rates. If you're concerned about mortgage rates, uh, keep Keep, keep your radio locked on here to 640 uh, in Toronto. Uh, more show. We're going to take a quick break. Get right back to Frank and Jack right after this. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Friends, welcome back. Show about money. We're talking real estate. Frank Leo the Lion, CEO, founder. Guess there, Frank Leo the Lion. Indeed. Uh, Frank, thanks for spending some time with us this Saturday night. Uh, I, I, I can't get my mind off of affordability uh, for real estate and how lowering interest rates 
allow real estate to have the move it's had, uh, which has removed the the prospects for, for, I think, a certain generation, at least the dream um, uh, was pierced with respect to home ownership. Uh, interest rates rising has a dramatic effect on the affordability of a home. Uh, Interest rates are still very, very low in historic terms. Uh, however, when you move off of interest rates that were almost zero to a couple of percent, and mortgage, you of course, have to add on some profitability for the bank. So if you move from a mortgage at 1.5% uh, variable to now 4 or 4.5% fixed to lock in per, to, to avoid rate hikes, which are coming, variable rate will pay more, well, or your amortization will get extended, uh, and the devil is in the details in your mortgage agreement. Uh, but I, the way I understand it, as a variable rate holder, uh, mortgage payments don't change. It's just the amortization will get stretched out. However, uh, moving from 1.5% to over 4% uh, on a $100,000 mortgage, the monthly payment goes from about $400 to over $500 a month. And what concerns me uh, with the amount of debt in society, um, two cars, uh, digital uh, connection, uh, all the bells and whistles in life, uh, people living to the max, month to month. Uh, on, on, in your opinion, Frank, when you speak to sellers, um, how many people do you, do you believe are in, 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 in greater metropolitan Toronto are, are holding a home, but making it just month to month. And my fear is take rates higher and it could cause them to be a forced seller. Well, if I, I, you know, some things that kind of don't make sense. And prior to this uh, pandemic, I remember hearing a lot of surveys out there that most, uh, you know, the majority of people don't even have $200 in reserve for, you know, a, uh, an event that they were unexpected, right? Um, so since then, obviously, we have had a tremendous amount of inflation. Cost of real estate has gone up. And I think that, uh, yes, people are spending more and more on their monthly uh, allowance in terms of real estate, but they need to live somewhere. So that's an important factor. But it's everything else that's piling on, the cost of gasoline, cost of food and clothing, everything else. Those are the factors that are really pushing over the edge. Now, the one thing that they have is equity. They can go in there, they're refinancing, they're taking some money out, and they, they have some breathing room. So that's where it is um, a little bit of a, of a you know, band-aid in terms of the, they can keep going without having the pressures of, of the monthly costs. But uh, when that disappears, then that might be a problem, but that might be down the road. Well, once again, friends, just uh, do the math, do your homework, and make sure that you... Uh, are, are living beneath your means. I, but I am going to flip it around, and I'm sure, Frank, you're going to agree with me. Uh, I do believe in many ways you should actually buy more home than you need if you're a first-time home buyer. Buy more home than you need. At the same time, make sure you're still living beneath your means, and that may uh, contradict itself. Uh, but I, I think you're best off to... Uh, Again, try to buy a home that is more than enough. That way you don't have to continuously flip homes uh, and go through that uh, exercise. I will say, gentlemen, uh, in terms and, and friends at home, if anyone's going through a home renovation, I'm sure and you've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio, you've been hearing of my home renovation inflation woes. The good news is the, a government incentive does exist that you can potentially reclaim some HST, uh, and I did, and I was able to get a $16,000 HST check uh, in the mail. Uh, for That said, I probably spent 40000 on HST on my home rental. 
but uh, nonetheless, I got a $16,000 refund. So it is available. It does work. And I, I used a outside service to go through the uh, bureaucracy and the paper filling out uh, exercise for me, paid them 10%. They did the work. I gave them the bills and I got my check. And I also got my sticker check for my automotive. I got two government checks this week. I couldn't believe it. That never happens to me. Uh, but I'm sure in a few weeks, I'll be writing another check to the government as I file my income taxes. But that is the way it works. Anyways, if you're renovating a home, friends, look for that HST rebate. It's real and it's it's doable. Uh, don't uh, allow the government to have more of your money than uh, than is necessary. And again, with rising prices across the board, uh, there is concern. But I want to stick on this topic about affordability and, and government intervention. Uh, there's been a lot of talk, Frank, and, and Jack, you're, you're very much aware of this, in the last couple of weeks, about pr- provincial and federal intervention in the Canadian real estate to limit foreign purchasers uh, from our markets to allow to help adjust and support that supply problem that we have here in Canada. Uh, Frank, I want you to speak to that, and Jack, pipe in as well, please. That is the cure to the, the problem, is more more inventory. And so the way to do it is through uh, cutting out some red tape and having the private sector build. Um, you know, the government, they typically take three times as long to do the work of the <laughs> private sector. So um, if, without the extra inventory, I mean, the ultimate problem is, is, is not enough real estate. But what about the, I want you to speak a little political here, and, and specifically what pro, provincial uh, uh, administrators have, have been proposing to do uh, to help uh, uh, allow uh, supply for, for their own residents in terms of the federal budget, in terms of uh, you know British Columbia versus the East Coast. I understand there's different tactics that they're uh, discussing uh, to, to restrict foreign ownership. Yes, the the budget. You know, they're announcing that uh, you know they're restricting foreign ownership for two years. Um, I don't think that that's the big issue. I mean, yes, we'd like to think that the the foreigners are buying up our property, but that's not the case. Not to any degree that's going to really affect the market. We just don't have enough pro- homes product available. We need to get that built. I mean, some of these projects can take ten years to build. It's too long. The red tape is crazy. Jack. Well, and it's also the foreign buyer, Wolf, that, um, as Brad Lamb has brought to our attention a number of times, um, they're the ones that are putting the, the down payments on these condos that are being built um, two, three, four, I don't know how long the time lag is, three, four, five years out. Um, so it's not the first time home buyer a lot of the time that's, that's making that purchase and making that investment. And, you know, Canada is seen uh, as a... Um, a stable jurisdiction. Foreigners obviously appreciate the opportunity to get into, you know, the Toronto real estate market, Vancouver real estate market, because it's, it's a relatively safe asset class, even if it goes up and down and you call it a 20% correction. Um, they're still comfortable with that because they're just looking to get money out of uh, their country. But, um, you know, governments are very focused right now uh, on just what you're talking about, okay? Uh, affordability, millennials being able to buy a home. And if they see an opportunity um, you know, to, to make it more affordable by reducing the amount of demand out there, being foreigners, um, it seems like that's the tactic they're looking to take, whether it's taxes or moratoriums or um, whatever the case, they're trying to uh, allow uh, prices to normalize a little bit in the housing market. And, um, you know, getting back to what Frank was saying at the beginning, you're getting back to, I'm not going to say a normal housing market, but a more fundamentally sound housing market where you actually have uh, home inspections, which I think are important. You got to know what you're buying. It's just like when you're buying a stock, you want to know what type of business that you're buying. You want to think long-term. You're not speculating for the next five or 10%. If you're buying a house, there's significant transaction costs that are associated with it. So you want to make sure that you're buying a good fundamentally sound house. And I think we sort of got away with that or got away from that in the last 
you know, 18 months where you see some northern properties doubling and tripling in price. I'm not talking about like cottage Muskoka properties. I just mean like off the lake. Yeah, no, I remember a garage, right? A garage down in Little Italy off of College Street. You know this story, Frank. A garage or in a laneway or something went for a million dollars. I think it made international news. So that's what you're referring to. But and again, those tertiary markets, Jack, you're also referring to. Yeah, but it's panic buying. Yeah, panic buying creates unsound investments over the long term. And if you're looking at real estate as an investment, you want to make sure that you're making a sound decision and, and not being pushed into a trade because uh, it tends to get emotional at that point And people start bidding up in these bidding wars um, prices that um, just really don't make economic sense. One of the uh, for, for, you know, and I want to ask you, Frank, sorry, I want to ask you, if I may, um, Frank, in your opinion, then th- this market is still what you consider very tight. Uh, you, you said to me off air that uh, the, the market had two weeks of supply. It now has four weeks of supply. Uh, but to have a healthy market, you need four months of supply. So I ask you, Frank, is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? Or is it a balanced market? It's still a seller's market because there's not enough supply out there. We have just over a month uh, overall in terms of the GTA uh, of homes for sale. One of the things that has happened and I think that people are starting to realize is during the last couple of years, people have bought homes wherever they want. They've traveled a little bit further out of the, the, where their comfort zone or where they work. Mm-hmm. Now, with uh, the last uh, little, little while, last week or two, there were offices and, and businesses are saying that you have to come in at least part-time, you know, two, three days a week. And with the cost of gasoline and the distances and traveling, I mean, some people are starting to rethink that decision. So there have been some uh, emotional or impulse buying decisions that now are becoming, you know, very uh, aware that this may not have been the best decision for their families. So you're, you are noticing some of that now, are you, Frank? It's starting, yes. There are some people who already reached out and said, hey, this is not going to work for me. Yeah, no, we, we all know some people who moved a couple hours out of the city uh, saying, hey, I can work remotely. Um, but at some point, the man uh, may call you back and a couple hours commute is not so much fun, technology or not. Uh, face-to-face, nose-to-nose. Uh, does have value in the world of business uh, and society for that matter. Uh, Frank Leo the Lion, CEO, founder, Frank Leon Associates, uh, a very, very fine, committed uh, real estate agent, shall I say. And uh, please, if you you need a great agent, uh, you want Frank on your list, uh, certainly want to have an interview with him and discuss uh, your situation, see how we can help you out. Uh, Frank, I wish you a great weekend, my friend. Uh, as always, a pleasure, very insightful. And again, uh, Keep your stick on the ice, my good friends, and uh, do a good job. You always do. Appreciate your time. Uh, Jack, you, Thank you. Jack, I think you lined up Tony Dwyer, uh, our chief North American strategist. Uh, Going to get some more talk about the world of finance, interest rates, uh, and the stock market as we look forward for the rest of the year. Stay tuned. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. I know what I'm needing and I don't want to waste more time I'm in a New York state of mind so easy living day by day 
out of touch with the rhythm and blues. A man who is never out of touch with the rhythm and blues. Mr. Tony Dwyer, ladies and gentlemen. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein. It is Saturday night. Want to have a little fun. Shows high fidelity or high-fi radio. Finance, fidelity, we weave them in. Tony Dwyer uh, serves as Canaccord's head of the U.S. Macro Group and chief market strategist. He sits on the firm's U.S. Operating Committee. Uh, over 30 years of experience, ranging from the corporate boardroom to the individual investor, best known for his practical application of macroeconomics. You love that stuff, friends. And tactical market indicators, so exciting in assisting institutional investors. They got to make money in making intermediate and uh, uh, intermediate term investment and spending decisions. Uh, okay, in this show, you don't spend money, you save money. So we're going to accept part of Tony's qualifications out. But I do want to focus on the macro economic and tactical market indicators that Tony is so good at. Tony Dwyer, how'd you like that intro, pal? Wow. <laughs> See, we can do that here, pal. You know, you're not, you're not in no CNBC uh, studio, my friend. No, no, no. This is radio in Canada, eh? Hey. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, it's in, always fun to be, great to be with you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it, Tony. Look, I, uh, I haven't had a chance to speak with you, and I said I'm going to defer till I uh, have you on the radio, and I'll do. I'll kill two birds with one stone. Not that I suggest you throw stones at birds, uh, but uh, I'm going to get up to speed with where you're at in terms of the market and uh, help you share that with the listener as well. Tony's been quite the year, as you know. Uh, interest rates uh, front and center. Uh, they're, they're driving higher aggressively so uh, monthly mortgage payments uh, on a hundred thousand dollar from a variable rate at one and a half percent tony to a fixed rate at over four percent in canada uh, takes your monthly payment from just over four hundred dollars to five and a quarter a month approximately uh, that's a 25 percent increase in, in in cash outlay just to pay your mortgage of course, gasoline prices going up. Taxes always go up on your property. Home insurance will go up with your as your property value has increased. Um, for, you know, for for the average North American, uh, what has gone on in terms of inflation, prices, uh, and income uh, inequality is is a lot to swallow, Tony. Why, why don't we start with speaking to that and 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 on a go forward basis? Is it going to get any better? Or is it actually going to get worse? In your opinion? So, Wolfie, it's it's worse in the U.S. Actually, if you look at a first-time home buyer and all the costs associated with a new uh, buying a, home, a new home today, because the five percent interest rate on thirty-year fixed plus all the associated costs with buying a new home, um, it's it's thirty-eight percent less affordable right now in the U.S. That's an extraordinary move. It is, and it, and it correlates well with what you're saying is going on in Canada, and it's what's going on globally. So. Really, um, it's the Fed. Ha- Think about this, guys. The Fed has only raised rates by 25 basis points off zero, and they were still buying bonds in their portfolio two weeks ago. So it's not like the Fed has gotten tight. I think the, the, the bad news is the market has moved way in advance of the Fed. Um, the, the market is way in advance of the Fed. 
because it's already discounted what the Fed is likely to do this year. So that that's the bad news is it's already, you know, it's a, it's affecting home buyers and things like that. Now, the good news is, as we get later in the year, if the economy begins to turn over and slow down because of the higher rates, some of those expectations may come out and provide a, you know, a better footing for stocks. And, and the same thing could very well apply to the real estate market. And we just uh, had that conversation with Frank Leo, the line. And uh, Jack and I were looking at a fidelity report. Uh, the dot plot uh, was shown. And in fact, it shows the central bank, uh, in fact, sometime out in the next 18 months or so, actually lowering uh, interest rates. But but the move off the bottom, and again, what you, what you speak of, Tony, is very important. Uh, the 10-year bond has moved from what, a half a percent? to two and a half percent in a matter of months. So the bond market has anticipated the central bank raising interest rates. The question is, um, have the mortgage companies uh, moved as quickly as the bond market or the mortgage companies waiting still to get their final cue from the Fed uh, and, and move after the Fed raises interest rates? How does that work, Tony? No, the mortgage companies move with the bond market. That's why the 30-year fixed rate mortgage is up to 5% which according to my friends at Zellman Associates, my good friend Ivy Zellman, who I call the home building queen, she's so smart in this space. <laughs> she has suggested that um, 91% of current mortgages in the U.S. are below the current rate it would be to get a new one, which means your home equity, um, your refinancing to take out home equity for excess money to spend is not going to happen. So oh, is it that interesting? Reacted with the market. Yeah, I have to run the numbers on 5% money. Uh, again, the, the math I was working off was uh, moving, taking your, your mortgage payment at 1.5% and having to crank it up to just over 4%. You're speaking 5%. Uh, let me ask you, Tony, uh, in terms of that 30-year fixed rate mortgage at 5%, uh, and because the bond market has already moved in advance of the central bank. Do you think in America, the five years, the 30 year fixed mortgage is going to go any higher? And if so, how much? I don't think it can go much higher, Wolfie. I think that's why I, you know, this whole year I've talked about a tumultuous market, which is a good word for me, by the way. I'm <laughs> um, so the tumultuous market is what we've had. And it, tumultuous is both up and down. So I think what's happened is the, the first part of the decline was that the market's worried about interest rates and the Fed appropriately. And then, you know, we bounced around for a little while in the first half of this year. And in the back half of this year, we start to get worried about economic activity because of those higher rates. So this is going to be one of those years um, that we highlighted in December. I think last time on the show that it's going to be a plus or minus year. It's not a big up year. But if you're down 14%, like we were at the March low for 500, that offers a lot of opportunity. So weakness should be bought, you continue to believe, uh, which is good. Let, let us speak, Tony, because it's important. I just did some sector allocation, again, working uh, with uh, our other strategists, uh, Martin Reberge and uh, Javid. Uh, just had to do some adjustments. And so, again, I was waiting to speak to you live on radio here. But please share with us your your, your most preferred sectors. You always seem to have two or three sectors you'd, you'd, you'd like to overweight uh, or feel comf more comfortable with. And which sectors do you really dislike, Tony. you got about 90 seconds for that. Wolfie, I, I don't need 90 seconds. I need 10 seconds. This is a really confused environment, and I don't see a great reason to be overly aggressive in any way. Um, I think it, it, the, we are neutral sectors right now. 
until we get what we see as a better opportunity to allocate um, toward risk capital. We're kind of watching this one, Wolfie. I, there's some times where you don't need to do something on the next tick. You can just try to react to the market instead of predict the market. And we're in one of those times. But the issue is the market, you know, does speak to, it speaks a language if you pay attention, which I know you do, Tony. And we, we all listen to the market, the music of it, as we are uh, practitioners and students of it. And the banks, as an example, south of the border and up here in Canada, uh, they are trending lower. The charts look awful. They're breaking support. Uh, and again, they are reacting to the bond market because, of course, the cost of capital all works into their spread. Uh, I ask you about that sector, Tony. Do you, do you think the banks continue to trend lower? Or do you think that they basically hit bottom here? No, I think they may go a little bit lower, but I think they're getting more attractive. Remember, well, Wolfie, just two months ago, people were talking about how higher rates are great for banks, and now higher rates aren't so great for banks. So I think we've got to be careful to not chase big rallies in sectors, and we've got to be careful to not sell, you know, I call them a whoosh. It's a technical term. Where, there, where such pain creates... Remember, we're often to say... The markets don't like uncertainty. Well, uncertainty creates volatility. Volatility creates opportunity. And we may, may be trending toward that. Words of wisdom, my friend. Tony Dwyer, uh, we're going to hang on to that man for another 10 minutes. Take a quick break. Get right back to Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep. And find I'm king of the hill, top of the heap. These little there you go, Tony. That's what you're waiting for. Hey? Tony Dwyer, my friends. Man who works in Manhattan uh, periodically. Uh, he also has a place. Uh, I love Bay Street. You, you do love Bay Street. You look good on Bay Street. And, you know, Canada welcomes you, my friend, as you know, with open arms. We love uh, Tony Dwyer. Uh, we really, really do. You're a big hero at our firm. And, uh, well, we're going to hang on to you for another decade or so. Uh, you're a big help to Jack and I and your help to our listeners. Uh, it's a pleasure to see you on CNBC. You're a handsome man as well. You look great. Big smile on your face. Uh, we're all so proud of you, Tony. We are indeed. Um, Tony, uh, the Canadian market uh, is up. The Canadian market is beating your market south of the border for a change. Um, uh, look, long-term friends, the U.S. market outperforms the Canadian market. Uh, fact, Jack, uh, I shall say, uh, with Jack Hartle, of course, my partner in crime, uh, right by my side, 50 kilometers away. Uh, <laughs> we bring you this show Saturday night. But I want to talk to you about the commodity market because that's what's driving uh, the TSX uh, into positive territory for the year as the U.S. market remains slightly underwater. Uh, Tony, the commodity market... Um, Trading, some would argue, at extremes. Uh, others are saying, uh, with what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and the amount of supply uh, from wheat to oil that's being removed from the market, uh, th these commodity stocks have, in, in safe jurisdictions, uh, a la uh, Canada, uh, are going to continue to push higher. Uh, thoughts on that, Tony? I'm, I'm more like they're probably peaking 
Wolfie? Because remember, outside of a, a specific event like this, this horrific event in Ukraine, the war, the invasion of Ukraine has created you know more tumultuous behavior in oil, uh, and but that had already started well before that. Mm-hmm. So we're in a situation where commodities aren't up just because of that. So what the Fed is trying to do, what the global central banks are trying to do, is lower demand. They're doing that aggressively through higher rates. That should have um, the function of slowing economic output. And for the listeners, when you slow economic output, you lessen the demand for commodities. So we've got a period where everyone is focused on the the run higher in commodities. And who knows? I mean, I'm not the greatest timer in the world. It could go on for a little bit longer. But we know that Asia is having another lockdown because of COVID. And I, I hear it's happening in Canada as well, um, that where you're having some impact in Canada. Um, hasn't hit the U.S. yet with the new variant, but you've got that in Asia, which has got Shanghai and some other um, Chinese cities in lockdown. Europe is a mess because of the war that's taking place there. If it's not in a recession, it soon should be. Um, and the U.S. is going to slow dramatically from higher rates. That should go a long way in reducing demand. You know, it, it's incredible, Tony. The, the the movement in oil over the last, I don't know, four years, three years, actually three years, uh, COVID. COVID took oil to zero. Um, and the ESG theme helped it get there. Uh, oil is bad. Electrification is good. Uh, stop looking for crude. Stop looking for financing for crude. We don't want to speak to you on both Bay and Wall Street. We're more interested in the services side of business, technology, green, green, green. Um, and the perfect storm is, was created. And you're right. The, the Russia-Ukraine uh, was just another fractal uh, impression that that, that that took crude to its next level higher. It was already um, on its way up without question. But again, when you, when you look at the, the, the global uh, new world order that's being created, perhaps, Tony, uh, do, do you think some of it sticks and then allows for jurisdictions like Canada to, to, to have a competitive uh, hand in the energy space? Well, it's a great reminder that you need it, right? I think you highlighted that very well, Wolf, um, you know, uh, in the current situation with, uh, listen, it became very, very unpopular to invest in anything with fossil fuels globally, right? So now here we are with a lot, a lack of capital investment in fossil fuels. So here's a great shock. It's come into a shortage. Well, <laughs> that's just that's it. What happens to a commodity when it's in a shortage. You find yep. ways to overproduce it. So, well, the, uh, the, let's move to let's move to the next point here, Tony, because again, this is a big arcing overarching theme, uh, and again, perhaps uh, uh, I'm the uh, uh, late long to, to the party, but my home renovation is coming to a conclusion, uh, whereby I will stop buying stuff. No more shingles, no more insulation. I can't wait to buy my last two by four and varnish, and I'm done. I'm about two months away. I finally got some toilet seats. I mentioned that. Hooray. That was about 12 months of waiting. Um, services. Stuff to services. Uh, that, that's been the theme. The economy is now moving to more of a uh, service consumption as opposed to uh, uh, product consumption. Uh, how true is that? And if so, what, what are the wiser ways to invest in it, Tony? Well, that's exactly our theme, Wolf, as you know. is We're in an economic transition this year in North America from buying stuff to doing stuff. And the buying stuff is because we're locked in for two years. When you're locked in for two years and they give you a ton of money via very cheap interest rates or actual gifts of money, you're going to buy stuff with it because you can't go anywhere. Well, we bought all the stuff we want to buy. 
right? You've got your toilet seats. I finally today, literally today, literally today, Wolf, in mid-April, uh, I'm finally getting the shocks from my snowmobile. I was I wanted to ask you about your Bombardier parts. You finally got the parts for your ski do. No, it's not a it's not a Bombardier, but it's uh you know I it's a ski do, isn't it? Isn't it a ski do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's made that's made by Bombardier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a little Canadian, a little Canadian history for you. A little Canadian history. We invented that puppy. You know the that. Bottom line eh? is, I just got the damn part. Almost <laughs> 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 going for another ten months. But the bottom line is the supply chain is finally, it's probably beginning to dwindle. So anyway, net-net, we bought enough stuff. Now we want to do stuff. Um, go on vacations, go out to dinner. Now there's a transition period there, Wolf, where when you lower production significantly because people don't want to buy stuff because it's more expensive and it costs too much to finance and they want to do stuff, you still got to reopen the economy. And there's, there's some choppiness around that with new variants and things of that nature. So this is going to be one of those years where we're going to have very choppy economic activity, um, opposite of what happened last year. And that brings in volatility in the marketplace. Tony, can you speak to the U S dollar? Um, it has been doing a whole lot of nothing, which I, which I'm completely comfortable with. Uh, what's your take for the U S dollar? It's probably up toward its peak. I, you know, you've got a fear of, of global activity. Um, it's actually, it's up pretty good in the, over the course of the last year and change. You're up from the dollar index has gone from 90 to 99. So that's, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good bounce, but it's up to about where it goes in these kind of scenarios where you have fear of global economic output. Remember when, when, when investors are very worried about what the globe looks like in terms of growth or a geopolitical event, um, like what's going on in Ukraine and the possibility of it spreading, there's a there's a movement to the safest currency, and that U.S. dollars is one of those primary currencies that it goes to. So once again, would, yeah, I, I, I think that would account for the big move. Um, it's probably closer to a peak um, than anything, Wolf. It's funny because the Canadian dollar then has been trending pretty much alongside the U.S. dollar, and the Australian dollar always mirrors our dollar. I don't even to look at the Australian dollar. It's usually the same price as the loonie. Uh, I think it did diverged briefly a couple of years ago, but yeah, uh, lockstep, those two currency move. But the Canadian dollar is, is, is 80 cents, uh, so, so that too is off, it's off of a base of 77, so it's moved up with the uh, U.S. buck. But without question, uh, as a Canadian investor, Tony makes a very, very good point. Uh, the U.S. dollar reigns supremacy when when it comes to times of conflict and, and, and global uncertainty uh, as good as, or even better than gold. Uh, tell that to a gold bug, uh, Tony Dwyer, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, you do a fine, fine job, uh, as can, uh, genuity's head of us macro and being our chief market strategist. It's an honor, my friend, to have you right by our side. Uh, we're going to keep you close. Uh, always will. Uh, you're just too important to us, Tony. Have a great weekend. Um, Congratulations on the shocks. Let yeah. me know. Let, let me know if they fit next year when you have to have them installed, and uh, I'll speak to you very soon. Jack Hartle, right, uh, portfolio manager. You, you too, pal. Jack Hartle, portfolio manager, partner, and producer. I shall say of Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, have a good weekend, my friend. Good luck on the hockey with your son, and uh, of course, I'll speak with you next week. Friends at home, stay safe. Pray for Ukraine. We'll speak with you next Saturday.
Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.